Hello, listeners. Welcome to episode 44 of Bit by Bit, The Breakdown. Today is a microsode continuation of last week's episode. Our returning guests will be Eli Shermer and Cody Peckham. This week, we're talking about Elon Musk's Hyperloop and how it could impact jobs, the new Doctor Who logo, Westworld experience, new Lost in Space series, and much, much more. So jump right in with us and help us break it down bit by bit. is elon musk up to i'll tell you <laughs> let me tell you <laughs> the uh do you guys know about the hyperloop we've talked about it on the show before do you guys know what the hyperloop is mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm gonna take that blake doesn't know tell him about no. the hyperloop blake. okay so the hyperloop is a new form of transportation it's gonna be the fastest form of transportation that we've ever created um, Elon Musk developed this uh, with his company Hyperloop. Uh, it is a tube system. There is a vehicle that is contained within the tube, so it loads in like twenty-five odd people, something like that, and there's like luggage and whatnot. Crams them in, drops the latch, seals it, vacuum seals the tube, so there's no air resistance whatsoever. And then they use like a magnetic acceleration cannon. And just like a rail gun, essentially, and just shoot the thing a couple hundred miles an hour, like 500 miles an hour. It's faster than bullet train travel. It's faster than anything we have. And uh, it's real. It works. They've tested it. And now they're in the process of blueprinting it out. Where are we going to put these? What major cities do we need to connect? Because you can get from top to bottom of the country in an hour. Like, it's going to revolutionize travel to the point where if you live in Chicago, this is the example I've given before, you live in Chicago, you can wake up, hop on the Hyperloop, be in St. Louis by lunch, have a meeting, have, you know, lunch, whatever, swing up to Indianapolis, you know, 15-minute ride, grab something you like there, and then head back home before the day's up. You've been all around the country, you know. It's going to revolutionize transit of, like, goods, everything. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be crazy. So right now, over on TechCrunch, Daryl Etherington, again, Daryl E. wrote an article, Hyperloop Transportation Technology Signs First Cross-State Deal in the U.S. This is planned to connect Cleveland to Chicago. Uh, it says that the route length would be 313 miles, average speed of 730 miles per hour. Estimated travel time would be 28 minutes. You go from Cleveland to Chicago. That is insane. That is insane. Okay, so how are the guys going to maintain the actual tunnel system if it's sealed off from oxygen? Well, I mean, it's not. And it's that long of a tunnel always. system. It's only when it's pressurized. Yeah, but I mean, if you pressurize it that much, like how long is it going to take for oxygen? How long is it going to take for oxygen to get down into the tunnels to where you can maintain? Well, they're not like they're sure. not like down into tunnels. They're like um, metal tubes the above land. Yeah like above the ground okay. or they can run them through the ground. That makes too. it a little easier, but <clears throat> but they'll be accessible. I'm just curious to read more about it. Yeah. That's you should look into it. The test runs are like crazy. Uh, it was cool. He led a bunch of colleges around the country build prototypes for the pods. 
uh, to see what would be the most efficient. I rode the bullet train when I was in South Korea. Oh yeah, we used was to that take pretty crazy? It, uh, we used to take it across Korea, but I've never seven hundred miles per hour. That's pretty fast. Mm-hmm. And it has to be it has to be done in a way that it's not gonna melt your brain, you know. <laughs> well, I mean, not even that. It's just done. Well, yeah, there's a lot of G's that you have to think about in that. And I mean, it'll have to be a straight shot. Like it won't be able to like curve too much because there's a lot of centrifugal force that messes with your body once you get going that fast. Mm-hmm. But yeah, my guess is that looking at this, uh, looking at this projected image that they have here. It, there's a slight curve to go around, uh, what is that, Erie, Michigan. So my guess is that the the part that would actually take the most time would be the the need to slow down for that curve, you know, for whatever curves may be involved. I would say the straight shots are... I mean, the large distance isn't going to be the thing. It's going to be the curves that would slow it down. Who's going to test that thing? Who's going to get inside of it and be like, you know what? I'll get in it. I'll be the first person to go 700 plus miles an hour in this death trap. I'll do it. And if it fails, I'll I die. Do it. Heck yeah. My name would be in a history book somewhere. <laughs> I mean, nobody knows who the somewhere. first person that rode a plane was. You, know? you would hope. Except like the Wright brothers. You would hope, but with this day and age, you would just get on the news for like a couple weeks and then you would disappear. That's the way this day and age yeah. works. Way to be a downer. <laughs> He's right, though. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Just... uh, this deal is also going to be the uh, first real public-private partnership to bring Hyperloop travel to the U.S. So it's a... Uh, they're, they're, they're making a deal, private sector and Department of Transportation. So it's like a private sector government... Like joint effort, which is weird. Joint effort, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or atypical. Somebody said, hey, we can't afford to build that <laughs> Sorry. He's like, well... <laughs> oh, I'll do it. I'm rich, and I've got nothing else to spend my money on. Oh, great. Let's join forces. I'm crazy crazy rich. That's fine. We have a good name. <laughs> or I have money. That's perfect. Welcome. <laughs> also, as far as, like, screening procedures for that... Is it going to be like similar to airports and subways and everything like Probably that? Probably point. It? And how much are tickets going to cost? Probably not yeah. a lot. Because I couldn't imagine hurling at 700 plus miles an hour and having someone with a bomb on them blow yeah. that job. I'm sure it'll be screened. Like there is no survivors at 700 plus miles an hour if it blows up your fucking dunzo. That is a good point. I mean, that's always going to be a concern with anything, though. I think that they'll definitely have appropriate screens. You know, like they screen people walking into like a pacer game downtown. They'll definitely be screening people to get on this thing, you know. Yeah, wow. yeah. Because I just imagine that. I mean, a subway is bad enough, but imagine going, you know, six, six to seven hundred miles an hour faster than that and having something happen. I think my my bigger concern would be being in one capsule that something goes wrong and you don't make it as far as you're supposed to to the next launch pad. And then the next one's coming. <laughs> you know yeah um, getting hit by a... or the tubes can't handle the pressure or the speed and you just go launching out of the tube <laughs> and then you, you go to space. to space how do you how do you keep water out of the tube it's like completely sealed it's airtight with like condensation though well, i don't know if there would be any moisture gravity gravity <laughs> science magnets how do they work <laughs> i don't know <laughs> 
So what does this say? Let's say Hyperloop gets up and running. Let's say that the, um, what was the name of the, let's say Falcon Heavy, the, the rocket, um, the method for that rocket becomes super commonplace. Mm-hmm. What does that mean for shipping? What does that mean for fuel costs? What does that mean, you know, how does this impact the rest of the world? It's it's a real big deal. And I can't remember if we talked about this last week or not, but with the Falcon Heavy um, per kilogram cost, did we talk about this on the show? We may have. Go ahead and touch okay. on it again. Per kilogram cost, using the old shuttle method that NASA was using to carry stuff to, you know, the ISS, 50-something thousand dollars per kilogram cost as far as fuel, everything goes. Then... When you look at Falcon Heavy, you're talking about $50 per kilogram because that's how much more efficient it is. Like not losing everything every time you launch it is like a huge deal, you know? Big deal. Oh, yeah. Like huge deal. Um, that's why, I mean, I was just so happy just to see it, just the synchronized landing. I'll never forget that probably because it was just like, this is real. This um this is this is happening. <laughs> Someone out there is smart <laughs> enough to make this happen. Like what? <laughs> what? It's happening. It's happening. It's just crazy to me. It's gonna it's gonna change everything. Like we already get stuff everywhere pretty quick. You know, two day shipping, two hour shipping. If you live in a metro area with Amazon, everything's gonna be a day. You know, because why not? Yeah. You've got Tesla mm-hmm. trucks driving themselves around all hours of the day. You've got Hyperloop taking stuff. You know, you're launching stuff into space and maybe landing it somewhere else on the planet for cheap. Maybe that's faster and more efficient than cargo travel or like big ship mm-hmm. travel. You know, cats are getting along with dogs. There you go. Things are things are changing. Things are changing. And and you know what? Here's if if I were a businessman in this in this scenario, um, you build your factories, whatever else, uh, in. Where is it? Uh, China. Colorado. Is oh. it? It's either Colorado or China. wherever the, the 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 price of living is just stupid cheap. China. Well, yeah. I'm, I, yeah. Still valid. <laughs> yeah, still valid. But you, you, you build wherever it's stupid cheap so that you don't have to be as close to the metro areas. Kansas. Because it's... Well, yeah, I mean, you could build in Kansas. You could build in Siberia, you know, <laughs> if you needed. And then people just commute to work and back. Just, and then That's you ship weird. your stuff off and it's just, you know, snap the finger until we get. Well, that's what we did. We did that originally in a lot of small yeah. towns and small places yeah. that eventually grew into larger towns because when you start building those factories in small towns a lot of people move there so that they can work at the factories and then the entire town revolves around jobs at the factory and the next thing you know you have a huge town. all dependent upon this factory and <laughs> but but yeah exactly uh, but, but i mean then you have smaller towns that don't have a factory and then i mean look at like what happened in like mm-hmm. detroit with like the automotive factories that were built in like the fifties and sixties. True. But if small city turns huge because of that factory, if you don't have to live there, if you don't have to live as close to 
the factory, you can live wherever because travel will be so fast and so cheap. Will there be growth if you don't need to live there is what I'm trying to say. I don't think that that'll change. I think that people live where they've been living for a long time. They already have everything settled in. I think people are really afraid of change. Yeah. I think if I said to somebody, hey, let's pack up and let's go hike the Pacific Crest Trail tomorrow. Let's go hike a 2,000-mile trail. I think that a lot of people are so dependent on their jobs and their current situations that if something like that happened, that they wouldn't move because they're comfortable and they don't want change. Nobody likes change. As much as we like to admit that we do, we don't. And it's very hard for us to comprehend that and to make changes for that, to just pack up everything we have and leave somewhere else just because it's, oh, we can do that now. I think that somebody that's been living in Detroit for the past 20 years, even with that like bullet train or the crazy ass fast uh, hyperloop yeah the hyperloop <laughs> that, that crazy thing you've been <laughs> that crazy about. that crazy train. damn you kids and your trains <laughs> no i think that even with that people will still stay where they've been because they're comfortable there sure 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 sure. but they can probably get jobs further away from them and still live there but i think that those cities will still have a large population of people or some people might even want to just work in the city they're in because the Hyperloop tickets to be able to go from place to place might be just super crazy because you know how much it is for like a pass, for a parking pass or a bus pass to get that annually. Imagine something like that for a Hyperloop to be able to go from A to B super far distance would probably be very pricey because you have to think about all the stuff that you're you're kicking to the curb. Like you're getting rid of airplanes, mm-hmm. you're getting rid of all kinds of shit, something like that that can stretch across the country in an hour. Nobody's going to want to fly a plane. For nobody's gonna want to sit next to some like stinky ass dude that's farting and snoring for five hours. Somebody's gonna want to ride something that only takes you an hour to get from A to B. Now, for a pass that'll get you that seasonal, which is probably something they would do. How much do you think that that would cost? And would you rather just work in the city that you're living in and continue to do the things that you're doing? Because the price probably outweighs the convenience. The um, yeah, the pros. I think that's true. I think there will probably be some buildup around like the Hyperloop hubs. Like it'll be like, you know, richer areas probably at some point. Um, Because people, there are going to be people like that. You know, maybe they run the board at some company that's in that town and then they can just hop on the Hyperloop and go visit their sites, you know, that are just right off at their Mm -hmm. stops or whatever. Who knows? Stuff like that's going to happen. I think that the large population of people that would use it at first would be the people who fly all the time for business. Yeah, sure. And I think that it would eventually, maybe if it became more popular and we found ways to do it more efficiently and cheaper, become easily usable by your everyday middle-class-like person going to work. But I think until then, it would be probably a little bit more expensive than flying on an airplane, but probably way better because I I don't like people leaning on me from both sides on an airplane it's terrible so let me let me pitch this to you economically and historically that sounds like the way that it would go that it would be super expensive i think to to uh, play the flip side of that i think that um because of who elon musk is um and because so much of what he does is it doesn't seem to be money driven. He's just, yeah, let's just do this for the betterment. You know, Mm -hmm. I think that it, that he's, it, it may be expensive at first, but then I, I say that he makes it so that if it's not free, it's at least super 
affordable because he's like, well, if it's uh, like he they were they were drilling and he goes, man, this could be way more efficient. And then he started the boring company and where they just make drills. He just he's all about making it better. He's all about, you know, progressing uh, society, you know, trying right. to, trying to make internet in space you know right absolutely i think you're you're absolutely right it's it's gonna go i think they're gonna play the middle ground what they're gonna do is they'll make it kind of pricey up front up front to where only a certain number of people can afford it they'll get those people in they'll see how long it takes to ship just those people around and if all Mm -hmm. of a sudden you know they've thrown out 20 rides in an hour and they've got nobody to ship around all of a sudden because the prices are too high, then they can kind of, okay, we'll drop the prices down a bit. Now the population comes up. And they'll just kind of play it until they hit that middle spot where it's probably going to sure. be affordable for an upper, upper middle class person, maybe middle class person. But I don't know if it'll ever get to the point where it's like public transit level. Now here's the next thing. Does it create jobs or does it take jobs away from people that fly airplanes? And it prob- will that help would- our economy or will it take away from it? It, it may it may take a lot of jobs away. Actually, that's that a lot of stuff is a possibility. Is about to, you know, think about even yeah. like the trucks, the Tesla trucks. Well, there's yeah, truck- self-driving cars. Yeah. We don't need the truck drivers anymore. Exactly. Semi drivers because gone. They'll just go. You can they don't need to rest. Send it on. They're way more efficient. Yeah. You don't have to pay anybody yeah. to drive it. You just buy the truck mm-hmm. and let it go. <laughs> just let it yep. work for you. <laughs> yep. Be free. So that's technology. Let's jump into uh, film. Doctor Who. Doctor Who. We have a we have a we have a new Doctor coming up. We do. And with the new Doctor, we have a new logo. A new logo. So let me tell you. Can I tell you why I'm excited about it? I, yeah. Tell me I, about it. Can I just tell you? So yeah. when it comes to like these major rebrands of um, big series, you know that they're doing like a full work up full redo almost reboot i would say when they change the logo this drastically oh yeah i would say they are going to completely change the style of everything and do like a soft reboot with the new female doctor because it's almost like a reboot for the series with her alone so why not just go for it change everything you want to change now so it's just one clean break you know one clean cut yeah there's the difference right there and the new one, yeah. I think, is just clean. It just looks good. Oh yeah, yeah. Blake, you 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 you're doing design things right now. Yeah. Every you know everything is done with purpose. Absolutely. There's 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 no reason to waste things in design. Right. Looking at this, you got a line cutting straight through the middle of the new logo. Yeah. It kind of looks like there's some kind of maybe some symbols. Uh, that are being formed because of the line cutting through things. Um, what Using your designer eye, what do you see in the new logo? So I might be overanalyzing it. Um, Never overanalyzing okay. it. You're always... Okay. So they put out an intro video for the new logo to kind of announce it and show it, but it was all like 3D animation. And the like Doctor Who part spins in, and then the TARDIS flies through it. 
and creates the line that runs all the way through it. Um, so in my mind, I'm going, that's symbolism. The line represents time. And all of the letters in Doctor Who represent deviations or like places or adventures the Doctor has gone on. And then it always comes back around to the line and it continues sure. on. In my mind, they designed that with intention. Like that is kind of, you know, what the designer might have been thinking when they made it. But again, sure. I feel like I might be overanalyzing, but maybe not. I don't know. No, I totally agree with that. Or they just thought, oh, this will look cool. Just make the TARDIS shoot through. Everything's about looking cool. It's all superficial in the design industry right now. Yep. Nobody knows the principles of design. That's all my professors are saying. They'll go and they'll be like, hey, what did you wish you learned in college? Well, we really don't know the principles of design. Well, you're a designer, so you probably should know those, you know? You should probably know There's that. There's 13 of them. <laughs> and you should have all 13 in everything you do. You know what else is coming up we talked about uh westworld season two coming up yeah hbo is building the town of sweetwater for an immersive westworld experience at sxsw that was on the verge by brian bishop um last year at candy at last year at san diego comic-con hbo hosted westworld the experience we talked about that you go in it was kind of like the intro room where you could pick you know, white hat, black hat, you can kind of uh, go through the introductory experience. Well, now they're actually building the town itself so you can walk through there. Mm -hmm. So Boy. if you guys were in Westworld, which you can pretty soon go and experience for yourself, what kind of character would you be? Villain. Villain? <laughs> yeah, just straight out of the gate all the way. Black hat. That was, that was quick. Fighting. And I'm killing everybody I see. Probably an entire village. All right. <laughs> wow. Just because you just because you can, and it's it's gonna have no repercussions. Because I feel like if this was the wild wild west, I would definitely be an outlaw. Okay. Okay. Eli. Uh, not an outlaw. Probably. Maybe. I don't know. We might just kill people. We'll see. Might just kill would you be the people. the touristy so uh, white a, hat? It's always a wild card. I I don't know. I feel like. I mean, you're going into a, I don't know, I just ride a horse around probably. Yeah. Just ride around. A rancher. Just ride around. Yeah. Yeah. You just, just a quiet you, life. You're, you're the type of guy who goes yeah. into Skyrim and is like, I'm just going to chop wood for a living. I don't have to actually work. <laughs> I'll be yeah. a woodcutter. I'm making an honest living. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Leave me alone, back. guys. Gosh. I'm paying you money. I'm paying Westworld money for me to go and <laughs> earn money. And I'm the guy that you left dead in the Civil War. Who comes back and you think that I'm dead, <laughs> right. but you're trying to make an honest living, and I burn your farm down and kill your children, and then you you have to right. come back and kill me. You're like you yeah. son of a. I'm gonna now we've, you. now we've started a movie. Yep, I'm the vigilante you meet on the road. There it is. Almost like the outlaw Josie Wales. There you go. Blake's the vigilante. He'll he'll come and he'll he'll help save you. Us. Blake will save us. Blake, you're a white hat. Is that what you're saying? I'm a gray hat. Blake's the. Blake's the Native American guy that you meet along the way who like who kind of shows up at your farm and helps heal you back to normal, and then you guys team up I teach you how to use a bow and arrow, and then we take Cody down together. <laughs> and how to make fire. Live off the land. <laughs> I, would, uh, I would definitely be uh, the black hat character, um, the guy who's like, 
I gotta find out the deeper meaning in all this. I want to find the maze and like goes tries to find the end of every single storyline and then gets d- way down to the bottom and there's nothing there. I've prestiged everything and now I'm just sad with my life. You're just looking for a deeper mini- meaning. Yep. I just keep digging deeper into the storyline. So yeah, that's uh, Westworld. At South by Southwest. South by Southwest. People are gonna die. It's a terrible idea. It's like making a. People are gonna die. It's like making it's a real, park, guys. It's like it's like let's make a park with dinosaurs in it and walk people through them. <laughs> <laughs> well, it didn't work the first time. Let's that do it again. Have you seen Jurassic Park? It's a terrible <laughs> oh, idea. Oh man, no relation. Nope. <laughs> let's talk about uh, Lost in Space. Do you know anything about this? Do you guys? Uh, did you guys ever watch Lost in Space? I seen the original. Yeah. Yeah, you watched yeah. like the original original. Yeah, the black and white one. Yeah, that's awesome. Tell me about it. Yeah. What what uh, what was your experience with the original? Uh, it 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 like it's super hokey. Like it has that. Like, oh yeah, it was like campy, hokey, right? Like yeah, yeah like yeah. even the like comedy. Like it wasn't so, like the ideas were not bad. It was think of like, uh, you know, like it's kind of Star Trekky, but always on land and just like (laughs) they just like always run into new things you know and then it like the jokes were all super super campy and hokey and it's will robinson it was a fun show like it uh yeah danger will robinson yeah 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 i don't know it's super i don't know it was good it's good it's good for a chuckle it like they have some ideas that you're like oh yeah that would be good if you could like expand on it or like you know make make for more of a i don't know a full full experience rather than the like the tiny show you have between Colgate commercials you know like that <laughs> that type of thing well this one's supposed to be super dark it's supposed to be gritty like realistic actual sci-fi instead of campy yeah, my only experience with it was the 1998 one with uh, Matt LeBlanc and uh, Gary Oldman. <laughs> Matt LeBlanc. Which, at the time, was, like, super cool because it was the same time. It was pretty close to when Lost in Space came out or was coming out. And uh, there was just this whole space dynamic in movies that was going on. I really am digging the aesthetic of this show. I like of the new one. Yeah, the like the uh, the suit designs and like the ship and everything. Like everything looks really good. I think uh, it's just like my style that I like with sci-fi. How do you guys feel about all these reboots? Like, are are any of them? It's I feel like it's kind of a cop out a lot of times. But are any of these? things that you're looking at and you go hey yeah that would actually be good to have told the modern with modern technology i think that it's either a that a lot of the people who are directing it are the people who were alive when it came out at first and they realize the capabilities of modern technology and they say to themselves holy crap yeah man if we could redo this movie it would look amazing now compared to when i saw it as a kid there's so many differences because they're old and they've been in the business for a while so they try to recreate that picture Mm -hmm. but then the other part of me thinks oh hey people are running out of ideas they're not very creative at all and they have a hard time creating stuff that hasn't already been made because there's been a lot of movies that have been made and everything's been touched on a lot and it's hard to create something original 
nowadays yeah. and i think that people lack that creative ability and sometimes there's just a nostalgia the original has that you can't like even though it was like crappy technology and stuff like it's hard to beat it um it just doesn't feel the same when you redo something yeah i agree with that too it's like you i would never go see if somebody recreated the rocky horror picture show yeah it wouldn't be the same without tim curry playing as frankenfurter it would it wouldn't be the same but you know it's going to happen eventually Oh, it will, but I, it probably won't be anywhere near as good as the original. No, no, definitely not. So yeah, and I mean, Netflix. Obviously, we've talked about this before. Netflix is at a place where they can they can just do it if they want. You know, yep. They can do a Lost in Space reboot and put it out. They can do, you know, the next <laughs> the next uh, Cloverfield movie and just put it out if they want. And it's no big deal. Like, yep, it's pretty crazy. I like how they did that. They're like, oh, announcing the new Cloverfield movie. You can watch it now. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that was a good move on their part. Yeah, it was. It's like, oh, because as soon as I saw previews for it, it was already out. I was like, wow, okay, yeah. cool. <laughs> I can already watch it. I don't have to yeah, wait. I still haven't watched it though. Yeah, <laughs> I can watch it. Uh, I'll watch it later. I can watch it, but I have. It's on Netflix. <laughs> I wasn't a fan of the one that they did that had uh, what's his face in it. John Goodman. John Goodman. Uh, yeah, I wasn't. I a did fan not of that see one. that one. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. It, it didn't bother what was me. The, what was the basis of it? Like it, from what I could tell, like John Goodman kidnapped these people in his basement, and then the monster landed, and they're like, "Oh, don't go outside." Yeah, it was like, kind of. Uh, it was kind of skirting the idea of um of clover like of aliens to begin with and so it was like are there actually aliens is he just trying to kidnap them and crazy pretending there's aliens and yeah it, there was it was kind of a like oh no this isn't real and then it was like oh no this is very real it's super real yeah so it was i don't know it was kind of just back and forth and you know and then it kind of at the end tried to connect up with the larger story of things yeah uh, and the third one explains both the first ones right, oh, right on. and why they happen so maybe i need to watch that one then to pull it together because the second one was just i was like <laughs> okay all right this is just i'm gonna go to take a nap <laughs> holy cow what what a what a what a time to to be alive what a time to be alive you're what right <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you for being on the show. Oh, it was a pleasure. No Eli, problem. thank you for being on the show. <laughs> no Cody, thank you for problem. being on the show. I had the pleasure. Here. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Blake, uh, you're cool, I guess. Yeah, sometimes. That about does it from all of us here at Bit by Bit Media, The Breakdown. <laughs> <laughs> Good ending. Just want to remind you guys, don't forget to sort your load order. Oh, that's good. Peace. Hello, 
Hello again, listeners. Thank you for joining us. This week, I want to encourage you guys to check out our YouTube page. Just search bitxbitpodcast.youtube.com. We post gameplay clips as well as full episodes available uploaded via Podbean. Special thanks to Eli and Cody, our community manager, Thomas, our content manager, Zane, our sysadmin, Matt, and of course, our wonderful wives. Our music is done by Jazar from betterwithmusic.com. That's J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R. Copyright code CCBY-SA. If you want to be a part of the show, you can send us an email at bitxbitpodcast at gmail.com. Submit some questions you want read, give us some news, pitch some ideas, get connected. Well, that does it for us. Thanks for listening. See you next week.